Running Wild, Running Free captures the pent-up frustration of living in lockdown, a universal experience for all Canadians who've had to endure the excruciating long past two years during the pandemic. The single, released by Icelandic-Canadian Mackenzie Christian, kicks off this Mad Desire's upcoming album, Open Hearts, Open Minds. My name is uh, Mackenzie Christian, uh, and my act is called uh, This Mad Desire. Uh, I'm, I'm based in uh, Hamilton, Ontario, but uh, actually I'm originally from uh, from Winnipeg. Yeah, we had a little bit of a conversation there. Yeah, you were mentioning uh, Osborne Village is uh, where you're based. Yeah, the first uh, the the first place I ever lived was uh, just right near a river in Osborne, actually, when I was a when I was a baby, you know. And uh, and then I, I wound up uh, we moved around Western Canada a bit when I was uh, little, but then uh, I did most of my schooling in in Winnipeg and spent my summers in. Uh, Gimli and uh, over in uh, uh, the Lake of the Woods area, like a lot of other people in, in Winnipeg. So yeah, my Winnipeg roots are pretty uh, pretty deep, I would say. The village is so nice. Like you're right there by the legislative building. It's so nice to just like go for a walk around there because it's so well oh, kept. Yeah. Uh, yeah, downtown right now, still very close to the Forks, but the village will always yeah. be uh, mm-hmm. special. It was the, the first place I lived when I moved here to uh, Winnipeg. Oh, cool. Where'd you come from? Originally, originally from uh, Winnipeg. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember where we lived, but um, moved to Winkler and was there for several years. And oh, it okay. wasn't, yeah. wasn't until yeah. recently that uh, I moved here. You got back to uh, got back to your Winnipeg roots, let's say. Yeah, coming back. So it's nice. All my friends uh, are here. I have some family, and uh, my parents are planning on coming back out. So, you know, it was just a little bit of a detour. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What got you into music? You know, listening to uh, your track, it's it's really fun. So, yeah, what what first put you on that path? My, I've got this issue with my hands, and for those who can see the video, if, if I move the hand, my right hand muscles, let's say, you can see the mm-hmm. left hand is also kind oh, of going, yeah. and uh, sort of the same. So my parents noticed I would, I would like be pouring a glass or something, and like both my hands would kind of go. So they took me to see a doctor, and the doctor said, Oh, well, he'll never play the piano, probably, you know, with this problem. And my mother saw Red, basically, and, like, the next day I was in piano lessons. <laughs> and uh, so as a little kid, you know, I was doing piano lessons, and uh, I became a huge fan of uh, Kiss as a very small child, you know, because they were uh, these rock and roll superheroes and everything. And I saw, you know, Gene Simmons blowing fire on TV, and I thought, wow, this is, <laughs> this is really cool. Uh, so music has always kind of been part of my... Uh, my life and then you know through high school and uh, university and whatnot i w- always had uh rock and roll bands and was writing songs and uh, uh yeah i've just kind of always been uh, it's always been part of my my trajectory in life uh i also have a, a little bit of a background uh in music did mm-hmm. band for most of my uh my schooling and then i kind of fell off but yeah there's yeah. something about performing music it's just it's so much fun like it can be a little nerve wracking and nervous when you're like at the front of a stage. I, I did trumpet and then I, I did trumpet, trumpet too. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah. Another trumpet player. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I know your pain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, when you have to do, uh, oh, what's it called? Like, da, 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 like for oh, the, the Remembrance re- Day? The Reve. Yeah. The Reve. Oh, that's, you're like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> you get nervous and then your lips don't work anymore. Then none of the sounds come out. You're like, oh, no, this is a disaster. Yeah, you know what they told me uh, when I was going into uh, junior high in Manitoba, uh, and we were auditioning for which instrument we would do. 
you know, I, I, I um, was told by the band instructor that I'd be a very good kisser if I could play the trumpet. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what, uh, that's what, that's what sucked me in. <laughs> There's always going to be a part of me that longs for it. I wonder if my parents still have my tr- old trumpet somewhere at their place that I can get up. Couldn't really play it right now in an apartment building, but you know, maybe go to a park somewhere, play outside. Yeah. Yeah. Well, sometimes I, I play with a trumpet player in my backing band and, uh, and I, I love the sound of it, so absolutely, uh, you should uh, dust it off if you can. This Mad Desire, um, your new single, Running Wild, Running Free, What walk me through the process of creating. What was your, your mind and what was sort of the, the feelings you had when creating this piece? Sure. Well, I wrote this song during lockdown, and uh, I actually co-wrote it with a friend of mine uh, named uh, Leon Harrison. He, uh, he sings in another uh, rock and roll band called The Lazies. Which is sort of like a, an Australian uh, heavy heavy rock band, like ACDC kind of. But he's all, he's also got something called Bandwagon Hub, which is like a mentoring program. And uh, so we, we became friends and thought we'd uh, try and you know write a song. So I, I had um, started writing this this song that became Running Wild, Running Free, and we worked on it over a couple of uh, I don't know two or three writing sessions, and just kind of rewrote the lyrics and uh, just crafted it a little bit more uh, but the lyrics you know were kind of coming from a place of uh, uh, you know someone who is oppressed you know wants to break free you know that that kind of um, uh, that kind of feeling and because we were in lockdown we were just right in that feeling of uh, especially in the Toronto area we were all it was one of the most heavily locked down areas in uh, North America anyway maybe even the world so everybody was sort of sick and tired of being, you know, we were on edge pretty much, you know, I would say. <laughs> um, so, so that was somewhat part of the feeling. And then uh, I had the song written and then I was uh, in the process of uh, recording the full album that it's coming from. And uh, I spoke to a, a producer friend of mine in Toronto that I've worked with before on some other songs. And I wanted to do just some of the finishing touches at his studio, but, but he wasn't allowed to have anyone in the studio. So we're like, ah, oh, this is like, this sucks. And then we found out like the next day that uh, they were going to open up Toronto, you know, a few weeks later. So we said, oh, wow, we're going to jump right on this. And so my first time leaving the house pretty much in like over a year, I, I went uh, downtown Toronto and, uh, you know, headed up to this studio. And, and to be honest, uh, I was the first person to ever to go there like in over a year. But um, uh, although we were excited to record and, and work on the, track we were almost just as excited just to do something you know outside of our house you know kind of thing so it was it was really we were really running wild running free you know in person <laughs> you know to be uh, totally honest it's been so nice being able to go places again and of course it's yeah. um here in manitoba you can still go to places with a mask on and everything but mm-hmm. you know it gets annoying especially like I love going to the movie theaters, and when you're sitting in a movie theater with a mask on for like two and a half hours, yeah. and you're like you're constantly pulling off trying to eat your popcorn, it gets it gets a little no- uh, annoying. And of course, we need to have these lockdowns to protect um, immunocompromised people and those who you know could suffer oh, yeah, dearly I know. I mean, from I'm, this. Yeah, but I'm, yeah, you it can. Two years is a long time just to just to wait out, and I could feel it in myself the anxiety and depression build up over that time yeah yeah i mean everyone's kind of uh, locked in a cage pretty much you know that's the feeling 
I think for a lot of people. And uh, and actually during the recording process of the album, I was already collaborating with, uh, you know, like I said, I was collaborating with Leon. He was in Toronto at the time. And uh, um, and, and my friend Dan Kanopka from OK Go, he, he drums on some of the songs, not in this particular one, but on some other ones. Uh, he's in Los Angeles. And then I, then I thought, um, I was at a, 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 an online music conference and I thought I would just invite anybody that wanted to to sing background vocals. So I wound up having all kinds of people across North and South America jump in and say they were interested. And uh, so on the, on Open Hearts, Open Minds, the, the song, and on one called Love's a Glorious Thing, I, I have uh, this whole choir of uh, people from all over the place. And, you know, we had uh, singers, you know, I, I would say from in Canada, from Vancouver to Cape Breton, and in the States, you know, from San Francisco over to Philadelphia, uh, and, you know, and everywhere in between. So really, really neat to meet all these people who were all in lockdown. I got to hear all their stories. And most of them I I'd, I'd never met, didn't know anything about. So it was really cool to meet all those people and, you know, connect uh, through the miracle of uh, Zoom and the internet and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you kind of give people, uh, you know, something to do, you know, because some, some of the people, they weren't working, they were just really stuck. Yeah, it was really hard for artists during this time. You couldn't go to concerts, like a lot of recording mm. things were closed. A lot of people started doing a lot of independent uh, projects or recording, sure. which was really cool to kind of see that more, I guess, intimate uh, a feeling from some of their music. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it is nice to see the open again. Um, talking about your uh, Open Hearts, Open Minds, uh, the album... Yeah. I guess you mentioned, you know, working with people from all over the place. How was the experience creating this piece of work collaboratively, uh, collaboratively with so many people? Uh, well, it was really, really exciting. I mean, uh, in the past, I, I, I mean, I, I've worked with uh, Dan Kanopka on the last album as well. So I had a little bit of experience of doing this collaborative, you know, stuff where you're not in the same city or anything like that um, already. But, but this is a little bit more extreme because... Uh, there were just so many more people involved. And so it was, it was a little bit interesting because, you know, let's say 40 or 50 people had contacted me about wanting to be a part of it, but I was still trying to keep a bit of a deadline. So, you know, maybe half of them wound up doing things in time. And also I was getting stuff from uh, a really wide range of people in their careers, like uh, amateurs that were just starting out, you know, maybe that had never sang professionally at all. But we're just you know we're excited to do something right um and then also people that had you know really good studios in their own home and uh done lots of records and uh so it's really a great variety and also a great variety of uh recording qualities like some people like i say had you know proper studio kind of recordings and some people had they sang into their phone right and uh so that that actually gave uh, some, some different texture to the you know background choir and actually one guy in texas who was originally from england uh, he he sent me uh an american accent version and a british accent version <laughs> of, of one of the songs <laughs> and, and actually i used both <laughs> that's cool yeah and and in, in the mix i just you know you don't you don't notice but i know and and it was really fun when i got the, the tracks Another interesting aspect of the, that album is a remix of Operator Standing. I know you're mentioning it a little bit in our uh, email correspondence. Well, why did you want to remix um, that uh, that uh, that album? Well, the, the song uh, Operators Are Standing By, uh, you know, which originally came out in 2017, 
uh, it's probably one of my more famous uh, songs or one of the more um, successful songs. And, uh, you know, I was talking to this uh, artist in, uh, in Brazil who was interested in doing a remix. And I thought it'd be kind of just fun to, you know, look at that one because it, you know, it, it already has some, um, uh, you know, people already like it and stuff. So I thought, yeah, you know, why not give people another occasion to to think about it? And and, and that, that's actually led to uh, me uh, working on remixes for most of the songs in the next album that's coming out. Um, so the remixes will be coming out staggered through the year. But yeah, I've had a lot of remixes done over the past uh, few months. And I, I really find the process exciting because I don't know what these artists are going to do. And, you know, there are people in, uh, you know, New York and Calgary and all kinds of places where, you know, I've, I've never, again, not personally met these people, you know, in the flesh, but, uh, you know, I, I send over the tracks and I just say, you know, do whatever you do. And, uh, and whenever they send something to me, I'm always like, wow, that's so different than I would have ever thought. And the same was true of the of operators are standing by. Polino did a great job. Um, you know, I sent it to the original producer, you know, that I work with, I work with in Toronto on that song and he loved it. So that, that to me was, uh, very gratifying. The remix of that song is from a Brazilian artist and you also work with, uh, with your team in Brazil for, uh, NFTs. Yeah. I seem to be connecting with Brazil left, right, and center there. Um, it's hard to explain the kismet of all this kind of stuff, but, uh, uh, actually the, the, the artist that redid this, the operator standing by, Felino. He lives in a town called uh, Curitiba in Brazil. And Curitiba is a sister city with uh, Reykjavik. And I thought that was interesting because I'm, I'm uh, of Icelandic background. Uh, you know, coming from Manitoba, it's probably not that much of a surprise. Um, but but that was kind of kind of a cool thing. And then uh, I wound up meeting, um, you know, the, the people that, that worked with me on the NFTs, uh, you know, they said they were from Brazil. And I, I said, well, you know, I've already got this happening in Brazil. You know, why don't I talk to you guys and see what, what's, what's happening? And, and it turns out really great people there in, in Rio. Uh, it's called kickoff.market, uh, uh, where you can you can still purchase uh, some of our NFTs. Uh, and that's a really cool thing. Like what we did with our NFT is um, it's for a song called Victim Appreciation Night. And so the concept is uh, you get an advance of the song and, and a remix of the song that won't be released for quite some time. You also get uh, lifetime access to any live performances I do that are in your area or, or if you have to travel or whatever, you know, whatever the case may be. And uh, for the initial launch, we were also giving away t-shirts. So if you were one of the winners, you would get these special t-shirts and they would say, they'd have the album cover on or the single cover on the front of the shirt. And on the back, it says victim appreciation NF t-shirt. <laughs> But I, I love the idea of having, uh, you know, real stuff mixed in with the digital because, you know, people, when they hear NFTs, first of all, most people don't know what they are. And, but they understand what a t-shirt is, right? So it's kind of a way of introducing people to the concept because in the next few years, uh, this kind of, you know, digital asset is going to be. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of talks around uh, NFTs, whether for better or for worse, they're, they're here. Um, yeah, and it's just, it's cool, like, with some of the combination elements that you can use with NFTs with, in terms of, like, content or, like, passes, mm -hmm. it, it is interesting stuff. Yeah, and, and we, we combined the uh, launch of that NFT with, uh, you know, with a, um, a launch in the, in the metaverse. So you could, you know, download this app, and then you could, if you had a, 
well, you, you didn't even need a virtual reality headset or anything like that, but you could use your phone or your laptop and you can walk around with your, uh, like you're in a little video game, basically, and uh, talk to people, you know, that are there and they're there from all over the place. People from Brazil, from Canada, from uh, Portugal, there are people from uh, Asia, you know, all over the world um, in this weird metaverse, right? So, yeah, it's, it's definitely. The metaverse is a very interesting concept and it's something that a lot of different uh, companies and organizations are working on their own. Yeah, well, I think it won't be too long and you'll be attending concerts in the metaverse. And I mean, you already can in some cases, but it's going to get more and more normalized, I would say. And Well, it's it's, it's the same kind of idea as um, Fortnite when they hold like concerts mm-hmm. or sort yeah, of things sure. over there as well. Yeah, lots of exciting things. It's very interesting seeing how technology is developing and different path and things go. I know it's not, it's not my thing. I would rather much go to like an in-person concert, but I understand the benefits of having access virtually. Yeah. Well, there are lots of people who maybe they've got physical issues or, you know, other sorts of, uh, they've got agoraphobia or different, uh, you know, like people have different reasons why they maybe couldn't go in person uh, that are outside of, you know, our, our lockdown situation. So, you know, maybe it just opens up at, at the experience to more people, I think. Yeah, kind of uh, allows more ears and eyes to see a concert, to see a product, to encounter a musician. Yeah, I, I like to look at the upside of it, you know, as much as possible. Because it's going to happen, you know, whether you like it or not. You know, and, and even like all this recording stuff we were talking about, recording remotely. I was talking to somebody uh, not too long ago about, you know, younger people. And they have grown up with uh, recording through GarageBand and programs on their laptops. I said, well, you know, try and imagine using a four-track recorder or something like we, we had to do in the past. Like I went out of a cassette and I'm recording, and I'm trying to bounce tracks and they, they sound like really terrible. And then, you know, much more complicated uh, recording setup. Whereas now we just look at a screen and it's super easy to edit and cut and paste things around and who knows what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's definitely allowed access in um being able to connect the world on a on a level that, you know, our parents or, or grandparents couldn't even have imagined no, no. when they were uh, growing up. Yeah, actually, a couple of years ago, I was promoting. Um, I, I I did this these songs called uh, Paris of Love, and uh, Paris Amoureux, and so the concept was I did two singles, English and French versions of the same song. And we did twin videos. Um, and so uh, because at the time it was so cheap to fly to Iceland, I wound up doing a, uh, you know, doing a concert there to promote those, uh, those songs. And, and we, we did it at, um, at a, a movie theater there. So the concept was we would screen the videos and talk about the videos that we just made. And then we would do like an acoustic set in, their, uh, in, the, in the front area of their movie theater. They've got uh, like a little concert area. You know, you can, people can, it's, it's like a little bar. Um, so, so we did that. And it was actually kind of funny because uh, when we did that, the national paper, the uh, Morgenblatt, of, they did a feature on, on us. And uh, they were joking about how, because I write, to, I like to write songs about cities. Maybe I'd like to write one about uh, Reykjavik. And so they suggested I write a song called Reykjavik Shuffle. Uh, as, and, and so as soon as I got back from Iceland, I uh, wrote that song and it's on our American Dream album. 
And it's actually coming out in Manitoba on a vinyl collection. We're part of a compilation uh, called um, Interlake All Stars, uh, which is being coordinated by uh, my friend Scott Carmen at uh, Ship and Plow, which is a restaurant uh, in uh, Gimli. Uh, he's got a little record label now called Fleece Records. So yeah, he invited us to put Reykjavik Shuffle on there because in Reykjavik Shuffle, I also talk about Gimli. I say you can do the Reykjavik Shuffle or the Gimli Glide. Little play on the Gimli glider, right? When you think of Manitoba, you don't necessarily think of like the Icelandic culture or the Icelandic people, but yeah, there's the Icelandic festival hmm. uh, out in Gimli. We have the Nordic Cultural Center that represents all the Nordic yep. countries here in Winnipeg, and just Iceland has been popping up a little bit. What was it Lamb by A24 that came out in theaters not too long oh, ago, yeah, featured sure, a, yeah. a family in Iceland, and the recent. Uh, the Northman also yeah. takes place in Iceland. Yeah, yeah, The Northman. Yeah, that, that sometimes I act in movies, and my makeup artist had just seen it. She uh, thought it was just incredible. It was really fun, really um, taking uh, the idea of Hamlet and kind of putting it uh, on its head. I oh, really okay, okay. It. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't seen it yet, but uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I, I think it's one I want to watch with my brother because I think he will also be. Uh, he's really into Thor and all that. The whole. Uh, all the Norse mythology. Yeah, it is a great movie, great cinematography, just the the colors in it, just the themes and tones. They, I, I really enjoyed it. It was really fun. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't <laughs> wait. <laughs> Where can people go to find more of your music and find out more about yourself? Well, the best way to uh, find out is to go to uh, thismaddesire.net. That's our main website with connections to all of our socials. Uh, the Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, what Twitter, uh, everything is, is under this mad desire. Um, so it's all very much the same everywhere. Uh, yeah, we're on all the, you know, Spotify's and Apple Music's and this and that. Actually, it's funny, uh, just two nights ago, I was on TikTok and somebody uh, tagged me in their live stream and they were in the process of uh, purchasing um, a bunch of our songs and they were uh, getting the pre- uh, release for running wild running free and they were in switzerland and i thought that was so cool so i jumped on and i answered a few questions and uh, uh but yeah you know, it's a global world out there you know and uh, and we're all connected through all this technology that uh, seems so frightening and so different if you have a story you'd like us to share our communities we should highlight leave a comment on our social media or reach out to us on our website i'm ryan funk this was you talk and have yourself a good one.